It's good to see each and every face here this morning. Uh, it's a blessing to be able to be here uh, each and every day that we're alive. It's a blessing. And so, as the, how's everybody doing? Anybody tired? Anybody beat down from this past week? Anybody struggling at work, struggling in life? As the, this is a perfect place to come. And the way I see church, I see it as, uh, I see it kind of like a mechanic shop. You know, throughout the week, we, we go through all these roads, all these difficulties, and then Sunday we can roll into church. Some of us barely rolling into church. Some of us have to get pushed into church, and some of us come in high beaming. But we all come to church with the expectation, and that is to get, get to be able to spend some time personally with God. As to, unfortunately for some of us, this is the only this is the only place where we have a positive as the atmosphere to be able to see God. And throughout the week, we kind of failed in that. So, I just want to thank God for allowing each and every one to be here today. As the the sermon isn't going to be too long today, and as the so we're going to jump right into it. As the does everybody have their Bibles this morning? I hope so. If, if we can go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, and that's where we're going to start. Uh, before we read this, I want to highlight, because right before this happens, what we're going to read today, Jesus does an amazing miracle. As the, this before, right before this happens, just to let you know what just happened before what we're fixing to read, God just fed, it says 5,000 men. It doesn't count women. It doesn't count children. Some estimate it could have been between 10 and 15,000. So he fed 10 to 15,000 people with five loaves and two bread. Or I said that, five loaves and two fishes. Este. So if I said right now, bring me five loaves and two fishes, and I'm going to feed the church with that, you'd be like, whatever, get out of here. We're going to get a little piece of the scale and a little piece of bread, right? Este. But Jesus just fed 10 to 15,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. Now, who here today if saw Jesus do that? Who would doubt Jesus anymore? Right? It'd be hard to doubt somebody who just did that. You'd be like, man, he just fed all those people. And not just fed them. They, they got to-go baskets, right? They got baskets full of food that was left over from this. So this is exactly what just happened before what we're fixing to read. So let's go into uh, verse 22. It says, so th this is right after he did this. And then straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So here we see Jesus has a will, right? And he, he, say, he tells to his disciples, hey, I'm going to finish, you know, saying bye to the people. I'm going to finish blessing the people. But I want y'all to go ahead and get ahead of me and cross to the other side. So what did Jesus do right here? He gave them a command, right? He said, go to the other side. I'll meet you there, right? So this is important for you to understand that Jesus gave them a command because when Jesus tells them his will was for them to cross, they got on a boat and it says, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening come, he was alone. 
And now let's go. So after he told him to send him away, Jesus goes up into the mountain and begins to pray. So the disciples get in the boat and start crossing the, the sea. It says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Who's ever been on, on a boat in the ocean? Anybody? How does it feel? It feels nice whenever it's just smooth, right? But what happens when the waves start doing this, right? And the boat starts going like this, and it starts rocking back and forth. Who gets seasick? I, I do. I get seasick. And when the boat starts doing this and starts doing this and starts doing this, and then the winds start coming and then the waves start coming, it makes me seasick. So let's imagine now, let's just imagine now that the disciples are crossing the sea and the ship, and all of a sudden, the midst of, in the midst of the sea, the waves start tossing, the wind starts coming. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Who has heard this story before? Who has watched the movie or the, car the cartoon of this? Now, who can imagine you being in the ocean, in the middle of the ocean, with winds and waves tossing you around, and all of a sudden you look out into the distance and you see a man on the water, right? You know, whenever we, w when we last went to, I believe it was Florida, we got on a ship, and we were looking and looking and looking, waiting to see a dolphin and waiting to see a dolphin, a shark, uh, a fish jump out of the water. And we're like, whoa, fish. Este. But how crazy would it have been in the middle of looking for all that? You look out into the sea and you see a man that looks like Jesus out in the water. Me, personally, I'd be like, make it go faster. <laughs> I'm scared. Este. But this is exactly what happened to the disciples. It says, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, it says they were troubled, right? They were scared. They were moved. They were like, whoa. How, how would you say now? They'd, they'd like wipe their eyes and be like, whoa, bro, I'm tripping. Who is that? Like, and it says they were troubled saying, it's a spirit or it's a ghost or it's, it's something, you know, it's a mermaid. Or, and they're like, uh, and they cried out. And it says they cried out for fear. So right here, it tells you exactly what happened to them. They cried out for fear. They were scared. They were fearsome. They were filled with fear because they saw a figure, Jesus in the ocean walking on the water. Uh, I don't blame them. I mean, nowadays, it seems like 2020, everything's possible. You see people, you see people skydiving. You see people floating on with the little ski jets. And you th y if we saw that today, we'd be like, oh, cool. Can I get one of those? Or... But imagine back then, you know, they're barely, I'm sure the, the boats look nothing like they did today. As they, and then you see somebody out on the water. I understand where they're coming from when they said that they cried out in fear. But this is what happens. They say, straight away, Jesus spake unto them. He spoke to them and he said, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Right? So in that moment, Jesus gave him a second command. He told him, be of good cheer. He's pretty much telling them, like, chill out. It's me. It is me. Don't be afraid. It's me. Just chill out, okay? I know you're scared. I know you think I'm a ghost, but just chill out. It's me. Este. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it, well, all right. So let's talk about Peter because Peter's an interesting as the character in the Bible. Peter is the, is the disciple, the try-hard disciple. That's how I know him. He's a try-hard disciple. 
But Peter's one of my favorite disciples because Peter wasn't the one to sit back. Peter was the one to, to he wanted to always do something. You know, he was a try-hard disciple. So you have all the disciples in the boat at this point, and out of all the disciples, there was one who decided that he wanted to challenge God, test God, and he says, oh God, if it really is you, then tell me to come to you onto the water, right? So I want to highlight something right here, este, because Peter being afraid, being uncertain, especially after Jesus told him, hey, it's me, chill out, let's calm down, it's me, don't be afraid. Now Peter wants to come back and say, well, Jesus, if it really is you, call me to you unto the water. I want to walk to you. As the, this, this, this is going to wrap up into what the whole topic is about today because what I named this, this, as the, this little study or however, however you want to see it is called Drowning in My Water Droplet. As the drowning in my water droplet has been a message that God put in my heart over a, a few weeks now and I felt the burden to share it with other people because I'm sure I'm not the only one going through this. And the reason I called it drowning in my, in my water droplet is that I wrote this down and I just want to share it. These said, feelings of anxiety and pain bring a stronghold over our minds and our faith. The devil uses our current conditions, our situations to discourage us and to give us a sensation that we're drowning in our daily struggles. When every day brings forth the same tune of despair, it can be hard to keep afloat in this hectic life. Este. And that's, that's been true in my life. That I don't know if anybody's ever been swimming. Has anybody ever tried the whole little deal when you lay on your back and you float? And I, I've been swimming a lot here lately, and I've tried it time and time and time and time again. And I'll just put my arms out there, and I'm like, I'm not going to freak out. I'm just going to lay there. I'm going to try to float. But then what happens is the water starts going like this right and the trick to it is that you have to relax and the only breath that you get is through your mouth and your nose right here and sometimes that's all that's over the water and so my problem with it is that whenever i'm trying to do that water starts getting in my mouth and my nose and i freak out like that how many of us do that in our daily life right we start going through different problems we start going through different trials in our life a lot of us right here are young. Some of us are older, but we're all going through different problems. As the, the thing is that we all have a choice what we do with our problems, with our situations, with our hardships, with our trials, with our tribulations that we face in life. As the, what happens is we have a problem and then we have a choice. Are we gonna give it to God? Are we gonna trust in God? Or are we gonna pile it over here? with the I can do it or I'll get to it later or I'll carry this for a little bit. As that what happens is that this little I'll carry it, I'll do this later, I got this God, let me take care of it, starts to pile up on you. It starts to drown you in a way. As that and then you end up finding yourself to the point to where the water that's coming up into your mouth, you you're you're you feel like you're gonna drown. As the and so this, whenever I was thinking all this, God gave me the story of Peter because Peter in the same way, he wanted to trust Jesus so bad that he said, Jesus, if it really is you, let me walk to you. 
And how many of us have ever told that to God? God, if you really want to use me, if you really want to do something with me, I want you to do it. I'm going to step out onto faith, right? And we all want to be Peter sometimes, and we all want to do something for God. We all want to get out of our problems and our situations, and we're Peter. We'd say, God, if you want me to get out of this problem, well, let me step out of the boat and walk to you. But what happens to Peter is interesting. You see Peter have this faith and the sureness that, I mean, that he believed that if it was Jesus, he would have walked to him. We'll go back to the scripture. It says, so after Peter says this, he says, Lord, if it is you, then bid me to come unto you into the water. And I love what Jesus says right here. He says, he doesn't say, well, you know, you're a man. You might not be able to. Or he doesn't say nothing. He just says, all right, come. Come on then. The way you'd say in 2020 is bet. Come on, you know. Come on then. And he says, come. Simply like that. He says, well, if it is you, Jesus, like, you know, this, you know, am I, you know, blah, 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 blah. And Jesus is like, come. Come on. How many people has Jesus told Come on. How many people, and this is, this, is, this is amazing because whenever I was thinking all this up and writing all this up, Jesus put this image in, into my mind that all of us are in this boat, right? And what does this boat signify? This boat signifies a comfortable place, right? If you're in the ocean, the last place you want to be is the water. The best place to be is in the boat because that's the safe place. That's the comfortable place. So the boat is the comfortable place. We all want to be in the comfortable place, right? Who likes living an uncomfortable life, right? We hate uncomfortableness. We hate awkwardness. We hate uh, whenever we have to expose ourselves because we get used to this life that, hey, as long as I'm comfortable, as long as I'm happy, my whole life is good. But sometimes Jesus challenges us and tells us, hey, come here. Step out of your comfortable place. Come, come walk on the water with me. And like Peter, some of us say, okay, Lord. And like other people, like the other disciples, they're not going to want to go. They're going to be like, well, I'll see what happens to him. And then if he makes it, maybe I'll, I'll, I mean, what do you think the other disciples were thinking when Peter stood up and said, Lord, if it really is you, let me walk unto you. And the other disciples were like, this dude's dumb. Like, all right, I guess I'll watch from here, but I ain't going out there. As the, and that's what I imagine. They're like, well, Peter's always been the fool. He's always been the hard-headed guy, the, the try-hard guy, like I, to- like I named them earlier. And so all the rest of the disciples, I could imagine, were sitting down and watching. Like, all right, let's see what happens to Peter. You know, or some of them thought, well, see you later, Peter. There you went. As the, so but what happens is, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he started walking on the water to go to Jesus. So Peter, Peter begins to walk on the water. And who would freak out if they started walking on water? <laughs> right? You'd be like, whoa, this is so cool. And I'm sure this is, this is going through Peter's head. But what's, what's, what happens is it was short-lived. I don't, it doesn't say how many steps he took. It doesn't say how long he was able to walk on the water. It just says that he was able to walk on the water and he began walking, but then something happened. And this something happens to all of us, right? It says, but when 
But when he saw the wind that was boisterous, he was afraid. And then he began to sink. And then he began to cry, saying, Lord, save me. Right? Peter, Peter started up here. Faith. Hey, Jesus, if this is you, let me walk to you. And Jesus is like, bet, come on. And Jesus is like, all right, I'm coming. And he starts walking, and he starts walking, he starts walking. He's like, dude, this is cool. Like, I never thought I'd do this. Like, this is awesome. Hey, guys, look, I'm walking on the water. And then he turns around, and he's like, I can imagine huge waves coming over and wind that starts to move him. And it says that he began to see his circumstance. He began to see his surroundings, and he was afraid. And whenever he was afraid, I can imagine he looked to Jesus, and he probably didn't see Jesus, and he's like, whoa, I started freaking out. And he started to sink, I say. He couldn't walk on the water anymore. He began to sink. And to the point that where he began drowning and he began to yell, Jesus, save me, Jesus, save me, Jesus, save me. Este. So. This is, this is part of the point that I want to illustrate is that when Jesus calls some of us out of the boat, calling us and I believe many of the people here have a calling that God has called them to do. If not, and when I say calling, I don't, I don't, people think calling is going overseas and preaching in Africa or be starting a, a worship band or starting this. A calling can be, hey, I want you to go tell that person that Jesus loves you. Hey, I want you to pick up that piece of trash and throw it in the trash. God calls us to many things, many things, many things. But a lot of us like to stay in the boat of comfortableness. And when Jesus calls you out into the water with him, he wants you to walk in faith with him. He wants you to step out of your, out of your comfortable little spot where you've been. A lot of us, like the disciples, want to stay in there. But there, but there comes a point where we have to muster up some courage and be like, okay, Lord, I want to walk with you. And some of us, God has gave us a greater calling. And he's told you, hey, walk in the deep waters with me. Come walk with me. Come walk with me. Come have faith and walk with me in the water. But the thing is, some of us barely take steps into the water, and then we start seeing waves around us. We start seeing circumstances. We start seeing uh, our jobs going bad, our, our families getting sick. As the now, now there's something going on, and, and as the it's making our life hard, or the car broke down. And we start seeing all these different life situations, all these different life hardships that we begin to drown slowly. We begin to drown. We begin to drown. And like Peter, some of us today are to the point to where saying, Jesus, just save me. Jesus, I'm drowning. Jesus, help me. I'm drowning. Right? And to me, I got to that point to where I was just take. I don't know. I, lo I love when F put in uh, a sermon on Thursday because it's true. And I was listening to it, and it's true. A lot of us guys... We, for some reason, culture, whatever you want to call it, society has put in your head that as men, we have zero feelings, we have zero weaknesses, we have to be this tough big guy that doesn't, that doesn't, as the, doesn't worry about anything, as the, we have to have the answers to every single problem, as the, but it, it's not true. I mean, God knows how weak we are. And like Neff said, the mask that we wear to cover up our weaknesses and our frailness and our situations that we go on in the daily life, it's time to take that mask off. I like what he said because a lot of us 
come to church, come to work, get out of bed every day, and put on a mask of, hey, this is who I am. But on the inside, you're so broken, you're so lost, and this is for men and women. You're so built up to the point to where you just want to give up everything. And some of us get to that point, like I said earlier, that we're drowning. We're drowning. We're drowning. And, all, and some of us don't even call out and say, save me, Jesus. Some of us just keep drowning, keep drowning, and keep drowning. Este, don't get to that point. You can't get to that point. But I like, I like what Jesus does right here. Este, I love what Jesus does right here because he doesn't, he doesn't let Peter drown, you know. He is a good God, and like I was saying earlier, he was a faithful God. It says, he cried out and he said, Jesus, Lord, save me. And it says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? As the... This is this is this speaks a lot to what Jesus' character is and who God's character is. He's he's a God that wants to call you out of the boat and wants you to believe in faith. But who here believes that Jesus had zero idea that Peter would fail and that he would end up sinking? Y'all think it was a surprise to Jesus? No. So why did he tell him, "Come, come," if he knew he was gonna? You know, drown. Why? Why did Jesus call Peter out of the boat, knowing that he, that he was going to drown? Sometimes God calls us out of our boats, knowing that we're going to make some steps and some advances in our life, but then we're going to fail. But what Je what God wants to teach us in those moments is that trust, that trust that He's going to and that He's that that He's going to bring you out of the boat and He's going to let you take some steps. And some of us take a few steps and drown. But hey, let's get back in the boat and let's try it again. Hey, let's get back in the boat and let's try it again. Let's keep walking in faith with God. And that's what God wants some of us to do today. And he wants us to step out of our boats, out of our comfortableness, and start walking with God. Start taking those little steps of faith. Start taking those callings that God has put in place on each and every one of us. Some of us think that we can't serve God. But if you only you knew that if you shook somebody's hand today and told them that Jesus loves them, you already did a serving for God. If you tell somebody, Jesus is coming back soon, hey, Jesus loves you, you could text a friend and be like, hey, I had a good time at church. This is what I learned. Share the gospel. Share the good message. Share this. Share that. Share this. Share that. And not only that, but you could also pray for people. You could also start praying for your family. You could also start praying for your friends. You can start praying for your loved ones. Everybody needs prayer right now. So to serve God, everybody can serve God. If you, if you can look at your neighbor and tell them God loves them, you're serving God's purpose. And then, as this says, and when they were coming to the ship, the winds ceased. The wind ceased. Everything came to a still. And then I wrote this, it says, it says, just like Peter, we have stepped out to trust God in the midst of our storm. However, there comes times and moments where we begin to look around at what surrounds us. 
Like Peter, God has invited us to step out of our boats and to, and to step out in faith and trust him. Our situations become tough and we can get caught up looking at, at our problems and can get caught up looking at our struggles. And like Peter, we can become afraid, drowning in a droplet of water. So I want to do an illustration. Este, I brought this water bottle today. It's a bigger than usual water bottle, right? And the reason I did that is because I want to illustrate something. Este, some of us, this is going to be you today, right? And then some of us already have some problems, and there's some droplets in there. Who can see the droplets? Barely, right? Because there's barely any in there, right? But the illustration that God gave me is this, that some of us are walking in life with some problems in our life. But we start having hardships, and now our life is looking a little bit harder. And some of us are having a hard time keeping this all in. And some of us are having a hard time being able to walk on our daily lives with this much water, with this many problems in us. But then we decide, hey, I'm, I'm a big guy, or I don't need God. I'll skip church this weekend. As the, uh, I'm not going to pray and give this to God. I'll just keep this to myself. And what happens is we start having more problems. And then some of our problems start to spill into our personal life, into our relationships, into our work lives, into our church lives. Some of us stop coming to church at this point because we feel like we're so, I mean, we're so drowned in problems. And, and some of us start to spill out these problems into different areas of our life. And we decide, hey, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. As I know I'm stressed and my anxiety is starting to kick in and now I feel depressed and now I feel like I have no hope in my life and now I feel like all, all, all my life's thrown away and, and we start having all these, all these thoughts that the devil puts in our head, but we decide, hey, we're going to keep going. And what happens is these problems keep coming, right? Because problems keep coming. Just if you think you don't have problems right now, just wait. It gets tough. Right, just keep growing up, and you're gonna start seeing that the world is, isn't pretty as, as the people want you to think. And so, then you start having problems at work. You start having problems in your relationship. All of a sudden, you have a bad breakup, or you get kicked out of your job. You get fired. You get laid off. Your car stops working. As the you start to feel bad about yourself, the devil keeps telling you lies, and now he's telling you, hey, you know, is your life really worth it? Are you really worth it to your family? And he starts putting all this stuff to where you're, you're almost full, right? It's almost full. I don't know if y'all can see it, but it's almost to the max. But the devil doesn't give up. The devil loves when we're to this point, right? Because in this point, we can make bad decisions. We can make bad choices. We can say, screw it. I don't need God. I'll just go, I'll just go to the world. There's so many fixes in the world. There's alcohol. There's uh, drugs. There's things that will make me happy in the moment. And so we continue to carry all of this, and then life continues to happen, and we keep getting problems in our life. And some of us are to this point where we don't know what to do anymore, and we feel like our life is a wreck. We feel like, well, there's nothing else to do. I'm just going to keep living life. And we're so drowned in anxiety. We're so drowned in sin. We're so drowned in what surrounds us to the point that some of us at this point don't even want to keep living anymore. And this is where the devil likes to come in and likes and likes to put these lies in our head. Like, hey, just give up. Hey, this. Hey, look, you're drowning. 
Has anybody ever came close to drowning? Nobody? I know one time uh, I decided to go uh, scuba diving and I had a bad experience as a child with the ocean, but I decided I'm gonna break my fears and I'm gonna go out and scuba dive in the ocean. Este, so what happens is this, I start going deeper, I start going deeper, I start getting more as the courage and I'm like, dude, this is awesome, I'm not scared anymore. And then I look down and I see some stingrays <laughs> rolling around in the, in the deep waters and I'm like, time to go back to the top. Well, I start trying to go to the top and all of a sudden I feel like the water's dragging me down. I don't know if it really did happen or if it was in my mind, but then it came to the point to where I lost my breath and then I was kind of struggling to get to the top and when I got to the top, I couldn't stay surfaced and I felt like I was drowning. It's a, ho it's a feeling of hopelessness, right? And you're just like, like, what do I do? And it felt like the ocean was dragging me in as the, I was, it, <laughs> it makes me laugh because I remember in that moment, all I was doing was just boom, 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 kicking my feet, flailing my arms, trying to get to the, to the where I could stand, but it wasn't happening. I felt so hopeless in that moment. And some of us feel that hopeless in our sin. Some of us feel that hopeless in our anxiety. Some of us feel like, oh, this is how I'm gonna live the rest of my life. This is how I was made to live the rest of my life. But what happened in that moment, I remember I said, Jesus, have mercy on my life, like help me. And what happened is, this big wave started to come and started to push me in back onto shore and began to push me back into shore. And then I got to where I could stand and I, I told, uh, I'm like, I'm not going back out there anymore. <laughs> I'm like, that's all I needed to confirm that I don't belong in the ocean. <laughs> but that feeling of hopelessness has translated into other areas of my life. And for some people here, it's translated into their work lives, into their relationship lives into their family lives where they're like, dude, I don't know what to do with my family no more. My dad hates me, my dad beats me, my dad cusses at me, my dad does this. As the, in your relationship, maybe you're not having a good time and maybe you're going through hardships in your relationship. As the, in your work life, maybe you're being mocked at work or you're being persecuted at work or you're making made fun of. School starting up, school, man. School's a battleground in itself because you have to pretend to be this person to fit in. And school is a big trap. And uh, as, the, as we prepare to go back to school, I always remember having to look up and start seeing what all is popular so that I can be popular in school as we go back in. But some of us get so drowned in those little things that we become going like this. Now, some of us get to this point to where like, dude, there's no hope for me, right? I'm done. My life's over. Some of us made a bad decision and we think my life's over. I work in a line of work where people make bad decisions and they have to pay for it. And I've heard a lot of people say, dude, my life's over. And I'm talking about like some dumb, some dumb stuff and they think their life is over. But that's what the devil wants them to feel. Wants them to feel to this point that, hey, my life is over. And some of us might get to this point, maybe you haven't in your life, but some of us will get to this point to where we're like, yeah, I'm done. But this is where God gave me this illustration and it was awesome because how much water is this, right? If you were thirsty and I said, hey, which one do you want to drink, this one or this one? Everybody want to drink this one, why? Because it's more, substantially more than this. But some of us think that this is a lot of problems in our life and some of us think that this is what, this is what's gonna destroy my life. But hey, how much water is in here? 
Este, the reason I, I named it Drowning in My Water Droplet, who thinks I could drown myself in this? Right? But now I want you to start, start, per, start putting this into perspective. Some of us here today are drowning or are going to drown in problems as small as this. And I'm not talking to you because your problem right now, some of us could be going through a problem. You're like, bro, I feel like my problem is so big. I feel like I can't, I can't get over this. This is, uh, bro, I've been struggling with this addiction, with this anxiety. I've been struggling with this, and I feel like I can't get past it. And I feel like I'm done. I feel like my sadness, my depression, I feel like I'm always sad all the time. Bro, I can't ever be happy for myself. As the, I barely start to pick myself up, and then I get knocked down. And some of us are drowning in this much right here. Some of us are drowning. But the perspective I want you to see is from God's perspective. Because to God, this might be our problems right here. Now, let's put into perspective how much water is this compared to this. It's not a lot, right? Now, if I said we're going to drown, some of us might have this many problems. And you would say, well, that's a lot more problems. That's a lot more water. That's a lot more as the situations that we have to face. But now I want to put it into complex. I want to put it a different perspective in your head. If I said, I'm going to drop this into the ocean, how much of a difference would it make into the ocean? Would you see a big difference in the ocean? Would the ocean level rise? The, do you would not be able to even tell the difference when you put this in the ocean. What if I pour this into the ocean? Would the ocean level rise and the world would end because I made the, the ocean level go up? You would never tell the difference if I pour this into the ocean. So I want you to think as the ocean, as God's mercy, as God's love for us. Because Jesus died on the cross for all of your problems, all of your sins, all of your struggles, all of your anxieties, all your addictions. Jesus died, and what he did is he took, let's say this is all the problems I'm going to face in, in my life, and this is what I'm going through right now. What Jesus did is he died on the cross for us, and he poured all this into the ocean that he died for. Some of us are struggling to keep afloat in a little water droplet compared to how Jesus sees it. Because the way Jesus sees it, he sees it as a water droplet. It's just a little tiny droplet in the ocean, right? It's, the, it's amazing to me because there's been, there's been times in my life where I could be going through a certain situation, a certain problem, and something came up, and then I feel like, like dude, like, how am I, I going to do this? How am I going to get through this? And I'm sure everybody here has gone through a problem and thought, how, like, dude, how am I going to pay the car bill? How am I going to pay for the house? As to how am I going to get through this situation in my life? Now, what, like, something else just happened. And some of us start to drown and start to drown and start to drown and start to drown. But what Jesus wants is for us to bring our problems, bring them to him and say, Jesus, I give them to you, right? I give them to you. I cast them to you. Here are my problems right here and dump them in the ocean. That's where they belong anyway. Je Jesus has died for all of our sins, all of our problems, and the devil's number one objective is to make, it, make you believe that what you're going through is unpaid for, that what you're going through 
Jesus didn't fix. Este, so I hope I was able to change somebody's perspective that what you're going through right now in life is a water droplet in the ocean. Este, so if we can stand up, we're going to finish up in prayer. Este, before we pray, I just if anybody's going through any problems, anything like that, este, just bring it to bring it to the forefront of your mind, and let's pray for it this morning. Father God, we give you thanks for this day. Lord, we give you thanks for your love and your mercy, Father. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for being with us, Father, throughout this whole week, Father, and today that we were able to be here in church, Lord. I worship you and I praise you, Father, for allowing us to be here. Father, I thank you for this message, Father, and I ask that it can be a seed to the heart of everybody who's here, everybody who heard this message, Father, that it can be a seed in their heart, Father, and that whenever the problems and the tribulations and the trials and the different situation that life brings start to pile up on us, Lord, Father, that we can see it from your perspective and not ours, Father. To us, our little problems can become an ocean, can become a wind, tossed waves, ocean. But to you, Father, it's just a little tiny droplet. And Father, don't let us drown in that little droplet, but that we can put our faith and our trust in you and know that you have already taken care of those things for us. Father, I thank you for this day, Father, and I th ask you, Father, that you take us in peace, Father, that you can guide us throughout this new week, Father, that you can be with us and that you can give us the strength, the courage, and the love that we need each and every day, Father, and that we can seek to serve you, Father, and that whenever you call us out of the boat, out of our comfortable spot, Father, that we can step out in faith, Father, to serve you and to honor you, Father. I thank you and everything you do for us, Father, and the things that we don't notice, Father. I also thank you for those things as well. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.